Are you a big spender? And when you go shopping, do you end up buying more than you planned? It's a common problem. And personal finance advisor Mary Holm is here to explore our spending habits today. Whether we're a spendthrift or a shopaholic, she can help. Hello there, Mary. Hello, Jessie. Before we say anything more, I should say I'm not really an advisor. You just called me that. Yes, it actually said financial advisor, and I did a late swerve to avoid calling you that. Personal finance expert, how's that? That's great, thanks. People quite often think I'm an advisor, and I'm not an authorised financial advisor, and therefore I'm not allowed to give individual advice. I just just wanted to make that clear. Yes, very good. So a bit of a change from investments today, and something that probably has much more of a daily impact on people's finances, how much you spend. Yes, yeah, and and I was just thinking as I was waiting to come on, spending too much, spending too little, who says what is too much and what is too little? You mm. know, and I suppose the the obvious response to that is if you're spending more than your income, really, um, <laughs> or, or more than you can afford to spend. Right, going in the wrong direction. Yes, yeah. I mean, in, in retirement, people are quite often spending more than their income but that's fine if it's planned sort of um, you, you know plan, they're planning to use up their savings but generally before retirement you want to try and um, look it's, it's obvious to everybody if you you know if you're spending too much um, and I, I think some people might not realize if they're spending too little though which is which is an interesting thing. Yeah, that's a funny one, isn't it? Yeah. Tell me about that. Oh, well, you want to talk about that now or come well, back to it? Just just first of all, generally about spending. Um, shopping's a favourite pastime for New Zealanders. I remember looking at some research, it was some years back now, but I bet it hasn't changed, that showed shopping and gardening, I think, was New Zealand's two favourite pastimes. And I suspect, if anything, shopping's increase since then, especially as you can add online shopping to the Yeah, that's right, because at least you used to know when your partner was going out shopping. <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. <laughs> Nowadays you just get the doorbell and the courier's there and you think, oh, I didn't yeah, know this was coming. With a great big parcel and what on earth is this year? And, and I think it's, it's very easy for people, and, and I'm guilty of this, to get quite judgmental about how other people spend. You know, I mean, quite often... You're in a conversation and people are saying, so-and-so says they haven't got enough money to do this and that, but look at how much they're spending on clothes or look mm. at how much they're spending on meals. And it's very easy. We've all got slightly different priorities, I suppose. And and that that, that can be quite a, um, a dangerous pastime, criticising other people's spending because, you know, they could almost certainly turn around and say, well, I think you spend too much on something else, you know. Yeah, it's, it's very I guess it's a problem if if you're if you're not happy with the way things are turning out for yourself, yes. right? Yeah, yeah. That that that. If you aren't living the life that you want to live because of uncontrollable or or spending that you don't know about. Yes, yes. Or spending that you just is out of control. The, the, as as I was sort of saying a minute ago, I think um, the people who are too mean on themselves might not necessarily realize it and you know in a way there's no such thing as being too mean except that I've noticed there's a bit of a tendency with single women in particular and certainly not only them but they can be overly cautious with their savings oh, yeah. and and I get letters from from single women for my Herald column you know and and I think they're more 
perhaps concerned than other people about running out of money and and therefore they're just not enjoying life as much as they could you know because because they they're not going to the movie or they're not buying the dress or whatever and that's driven by uh insecure worries about security yes i think so yeah i mean it's just something i've observed i haven't seen any research on it or anything but but and and also quite a lot of retired people and many of us will know especially older retired people it's not so much the baby boomers who are fairly newly retired but people in their 80s and 90s are quite often pretty mean on themselves and i was talking to a woman a while back who was saying she was desperately trying to get her mother to buy the good jam at the supermarket and i might have even mentioned that on this program before and the mother just was wanting to buy that sort of jelly stuff with hardly any fruit in you know and, and um but but mum said no no this is this is fine for me. This is the sort I like, you know. And she's got so used to buying the cheap jam that she can't be changed. And look, that's fine. You know, she can go to her grave with a bit more savings having eaten cheap jam. But if she's happy, that's fine. No, but, but it does affect your mindset a bit. Like, yes. uh, it gets beyond the point where you're trying to save money. You just get locked in. I remember... Um, my grandfather used to really like holding, he'd never throw things out and he'd hold on to this old electric jug that was done up with masking tape and, <laughs> you know, it would work for him. When we when we had a look at his car, um, when he died, he'd, uh, he'd glued the carpet to the bottom of the uh, car for, to patch up this hole and, you know, it's quite inventive. But mum bought him a jug yes. and he wouldn't use it. Yes, I can absolutely imagine that. <laughs> so yes. it wasn't the money... Was no, something I'm, else. It was sometimes it's pride, perhaps. You know, mm. this, this is fine. I can make do with this. And look, if people are happy, that's absolutely fine. But you do sometimes suspect that if someone came along and put a bomb under them and said, "Look, you can travel <laughs> a little bit more to see your grandchildren," or something like that, that they could it could actually increase their happiness. I do get letters sometimes from people who who say they wish they'd spent more on their early retirement when they were, were you know, healthier and therefore able to get out and do more. And and so I think it's just something for some listeners to have a little think about, whether they're being a bit too mean on themselves. Um, but and it's a, it, it was, we always used to say, a legacy of the Depression, but there aren't that many people around anymore who were around in the early 30s. Well, there are. You know, they, the very older ones are. We're, we're old enough to kind of be aware of what was going on in the Depression of the early 1930s. And mm. and, and so that the, the legacy from there is you don't borrow and, you know, you pay back debt as fast as possible and you, and you make do. And, yeah, it's just... My dad used to say it's made round to go round. And I think, you know, made, money's made to go round, which is less relevant these days because people don't use actual coins very much anymore. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. So one of my uh, regular correspondence uh, listeners, Dana, has sent me a little um, thing that she's drawn up, types of expenses. She yeah. says there's four destructive expenses, lifestyle expenses, protective expenses, and productive expenses. That's oh, that's a nice, a, nice way of looking at it, isn't it? Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, destructive, I suppose that's the third glass of wine or something, do you think? Or? Yeah, maybe the ones that you regret the next day, but you yeah. sort of uh, but to spend a bit compulsively, perhaps. Yeah, yes, yeah. Now, that's, that's quite... A, what, read them again, destructive. 
Hang on, I've closed it down. Destructive, no, that's okay. Destructive expenses, lifestyle, protective, which I guess is insurances, and productive, which might be investments and things. Yeah, I quite like that. Yes, that's that's good. So why do we spend too much? Well, the people who spend too much, yes, which, as you were saying earlier, are probably a bigger group than those who spend too little. And they, I actually sort of posed that question in my column recently and got some interesting answers, which is why I thought we might, might be good to talk about it on mm-hmm. the radio. Um, had, had people, for example, one couple who had run up $180,000 in credit card and personal loans. It was over several years, but I, my goodness, yeah. <laughs> that's extraordinary. Yeah, um, and, and and various other people who wrote who, who weren't quite quite that big a debt but that that couple had got out of it they they found they'd got a friend who'd sort of helped them take charge of things and it took a few years but they actually got that debt paid down which was the terrific yeah that's an incredible i mean that's an even bigger achievement to getting than getting to 180,000 in the first place well, yeah it is it, definitely definitely because it must have been harder but but in just looking at, at people's responses and and, and and different things i've thought of over the years one of the obvious issues is keeping up with the Joneses and, and people feel a huge pressure to, to, you know, serve the nice wine and food at the dinner party or drive the nice car or have new clothes or whatever because the people they mix with do. Mm. And it, it, it sort of, I don't feel, personally feel huge pressure to do that and I kind of, I don't really understand it because I think that um, if you're really good friends, you should be able to discuss with one another and say, hey, look, we can't really afford to do that. Um, could we do something cheaper? Or um, uh, j- make a bit of a joke out of it. Have a, have a competition to see who can turn on the cheapest dinner party or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess it gets more complicated with kids, though, as well, right? Yes. Um, because you don't feel so guilty about pouring money into your children, and also your children are probably more aware and less... Um, growing up about it than you are when it comes to comparing themselves to friends and neighbours. That's a really good point and you, while you might say, look I don't care if I wear the same dress to the third wedding this year, you know, you might you might not want your kids to feel at school that others are looking down on them or something and because they haven't got the cool shoes or or whatever Mm. it is. Um, Yeah, that that's a really good point. Um, I just love people to have more conversations with their social circles about it and try and make a bit of a joke about it, perhaps, and, and see if they can turn down the dial a bit, you know, because mm. it's, it's just a real pity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, moving on, though, I think there are obviously quite a few psychological reasons why some people spend too much, and... I've had a couple of people writing and saying that they think there's an, actually a sort of an addiction to spending. And one money coach wrote to me and said that, you know, spending makes people feel better. And sometimes, in the short term, and sometimes they're feeling down and feeling depressed because they've spent too much and they've got too much debt as a result. And they're, you know, sitting around feeling bad. And how are they going to lift their spirits? Well, we're heading down to the nearest mall, you know. Mm. And and she said they often know that that's absolutely the wrong thing to do. But it's a bit like the alcoholic having turning to a drink because it makes them feel better, or or the overweight person turning to a cream bun. You know, it's, it's 
it's very much part of human nature. Yeah, and, yeah. and it does work for a little while. Yeah, that, that's the trouble, isn't it? <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah, and so I suppose for people who, if you really are in that situation where you're really kind of caught in that spiral, acknowledging perhaps that it actually is a bit of an addiction for you and and trying, you know, thinking of another way that you could lift your spirits. Mm. I mean, I always just say, I'll go for a walk on the beach. But that's easy for me because, I, you know, I think people who don't understand an addiction can be too judgmental. Really. That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, but and, and um, yes, somebody wrote to me and said, nice things give me a rush, and I almost get into a trance. Mm. I go shopping without thinking. I thought, gosh, that's... You know, for those people that might be worth seeking out a money coach, there are people around now who call themselves money coaches or similar who... Or a therapist. Yes, indeed, indeed, because it, it, it is... A, it, and, yeah, we, um, so we're not talking about financial advisors or budget advisors here. We're talking about people who can look at the kind of psychology of what's Some of the behavioural stuff, eh? Yes, yeah. The... Um, Somebody said that quite often people who spend a lot had quite a lot of deprivation in childhood. Oh yeah, that's that an they, interesting thought. Yeah, that they just didn't, you know, their parents were always having to scrimp, and so they now I'm an adult, I've got control of it, bugger it, I'm going to spend, you know. Mm. And um, although having said that, one letter I got from somebody said, I spend a heck of a lot, and my brother doesn't at all. He's really good with money, and and so. Obviously, the family background isn't always what dictates it, but... but Mary, someone sent me a text to say that there is a debtors anonymous that has two meetings a week in Auckland. Oh, is there? Interesting, no, eh? That interesting. So that's sort of feeding right into what we're talking about, that it, it is, can be treated as an addiction, and that they, they're probably doing a 12-step program like Alcoholics Anonymous, I suppose. I don't know, but... Someone else says they're an ex-shopaholic. These days I get just as much of a thrill from not buying something as from buying something because saying no gives you confidence. That's neat, isn't it? Mm. That's a really, a, a really um, nice... Uh, saying no is, is a nice positive message in that context. Yeah, yeah, just to get to the end of the day and say oh, I was strong. I got through the day without spending stupidly. Linda sent me an email. She says, my trick is to only spend up to the amount I earn each pay period. And if there's any leftover, I put it in a savings account for something big. And I guess Linda's rare in that she doesn't think of access to credit as an option. Yes. Yeah. I don't know how rare she is. I mean, I think there's certainly, you know, a pretty big middle group of people who don't overspend and don't underspend. I mean, mm. you know, we... But there's always more money if you want it, Mary. Yeah. Well, there are, these days with the credit, you, you're quite right. And and um, she, she's certainly one who hasn't got to worry, has she? I mean, credit's there to be used, but it's... You've got to use it, not have it use you. You know, it's... it's um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, someone's so, someone's mooted. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. Someone's mooted that these days with overspending, retail therapy, the normalisation of debt, and with paywave, money just doesn't feel real anymore. Yes. I've heard that said in particular about kids. Mm. You know that it it was kind of easier, certainly when I was a kid, but possibly even when you were were a kid. That basically we were mostly just spending coins and and dollar notes, you know, mm. and, and so you could give your kids, physically give them some pocket money and they could see 
you know, take it out yeah. of the purse in the shops and see how much they had left and all of that. It's, it, when, with so much online and, you know, in, the, in, the, in an unreal sort of world, really, it certainly makes that kind of thing more difficult. Um, before we get off the whole psychological thing, there was one other sort of observation I had, and that was that um, sometimes there might be, say, a drop in income in the family. One letter I had was about the the man's income had gone down, and but his wife and children wanted to keep spending at the old oh, pace. Oh, yeah, I remember and, seeing that letter. Yeah, and, and it, it's probably, you know, it, it's, it's a pride thing. And it's easy to say, oh, pride's just stupid, you know, get get rid of your pride, but, but pride's real. Um, so, uh, but very, very sad that that he couldn't at least talk talk to his wife about it and say, hey, you know, we've got to cut back. You hear really sad stories about people who lose their jobs and still get get dressed up and pretend to be going to work each day because mm-hmm. they can't bring to, to, to tell their partner that that's happened. And... Um, this is a slightly less extreme example of that, I suppose. If you if you can't can't sort of get your act together enough to tell your partner that we've got to cut back on spending, but um, people have got to get past that because they don't need the added stress of running up big debt. You know, it's awful stuff. Okay, so how about these credit cards then? How can you help? The credit card. Well, the credit card companies, to a certain extent certainly can be to blame where they're sending out new cards, raising people's credit limits. Um, a, a few months back, I had a couple of people writing to me about new, their, their kids newly getting their first jobs out of university. They get a credit card limit of $500, and within a year, the company is ex- the, the limit's gone from 500 to 10000 yes. And the young ones think, oh, oh, now I can spend a heck of a lot. And, um, and the store cards who do interest-free for four or five years that can be really damaging because people four or five years seems like forever you know if you can buy a piece of furniture and it's interest free for four or five years you think oh well that you know why not Mm. and but then after the four or five years the 25 percent or something like that kicks in and meanwhile they bought other things and so there's another four or five years rolling through you know and um so i think the behavior of some of the card companies is appalling um but i i would would urge people not to use that as an excuse you've got to be strong against them you know Mm. it's pathetic to say it's not my fault the credit card company keeps in you know raising my limit that speaking of appalling behavior though marion this is probably another topic but in the era era of probably the lowest interest rates ever worldwide, and credit card interest rates don't seem to have gone down hardly at all. You and I have talked about that before, and we should keep talking about it, shouldn't we? Because it's not good enough. I don't, <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't, well, I don't know. I mean, there are a few credit cards out there that are quite a lot cheaper than, you know, the, the mainstream ones are sort of around 18, 19, 20 percent. There are, some, of the, some of the banks also offer a lower rate one at about 10, which is still plenty. But I'd love to see... Wouldn't it be neat if one of the, the banks came out and said, "Hey, everybody, our top <laughs> rate is seven percent," you know, or something like that? Yeah, yeah, and and you'd yeah. think of that, an opportunity would be rife. Anyway, right. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, yeah. Mary, I'll um, keep you on track. <laughs> yes. What else? But, well, m- moving on, really, to to um, the more positive stuff, perhaps in way in ways that people might get a bit of 
help if they are spending too much. And, um, you know, I mean, I've always said over the years, can't people just look at what they bought a month before, perhaps write in their diary a month later, um, or whatever people use for a diary these days, um, write in there a month later, do I still like that dress? Or do I still <laughs> like, you know, and, and, and think hard about whether it's really made you happier. Um, but I realise not. That, well, that might work for some people. Um, the responsible lending code has, been, has come in and, and into effect and within the last year, and that will hopefully help, the, help stop the credit card lenders and so on from being quite so casual about raising people's limits and so on. Suppo- the, the code is supposed to prevent them from lending to people who can't afford to borrow, oh, yeah. but but once again, don't lean on that. Um, one one obvious thing to do to try and stop yourself spending too much is to tie your money up in KiwiSaver or in term deposits or something yeah. like that, and you know, get the money out of out of harm's way. Really, is 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 quite a good idea. Uh, another suggestion is to um, go to the New Zealand Federation of Family Budgeting Services. And they're really good, I understand. They, you know, you can go in there and they're not judgmental and you say, here's my situation. They'll go to the people that you owe money to, like the power company or, or, or the phone company or whoever, and negotiate on your behalf. Sometimes they can actually even reduce the debt or they can stop the interest from rolling up. Really? Or yeah. They, I, haven't, I haven't heard of them before. Oh, haven't you? No, oh. no, they're um, terrific. They're free, which, which is great because, you know, people in these situations can't really afford to get help. No. So Familybudgeting.org.nz. That's probably right. It's Federation. Have you just had a look at it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and that's partly funded by the government and partly private funded, I think. Um, but and they, a lot of people have found them, you know, they rescue people who are in trouble. Um Also going to money coaches, which I mentioned earlier, there are various people out there called money coaches who they would charge, though. But if you just feel like you've got a sort of ongoing psychological problem, they might be able to help you with that. Yeah. In general, though, you'd be a bit reluctant to give your money away to someone who's going to promise to solve your financial problems. Well, yes. Be wary, yes. But, you know, think hard and try and get a a reference from someone or something like that, yes. The main thing is if you can possibly just change your habits. You know, habits are such powerful things and... And just not even go to the mall on the weekend or something like that. You know, find something else to do with your time. Mm. Yeah, I know that's easier said than done. But just remember, anything that, any habit that involves sort of daily activity, if you can do it differently for one month, just set yourself a goal of one month, 30 days, then you've pretty much broken it usually. So don't think, God, I've got to do this forever. Just think, I've got to do it for a month. And, and that can really help. Someone with an interesting point on um, on comparing yourself to your friends. One reason it's hard to have the conversation with friends about spending is it's you can get into highlighting each other's spending priorities. Like, oh, you've you got money for this, but not for that. It can feel like you don't want them to have you don't want to have them look at what you can and can't afford, as they all have different opinions, and it can lead to judgment. Keeping up can be about being part of things that are going on. It's not an excuse, but it can be a, a motivator to keeping up and, and not mentioning it, says this particular correspondent. Yes, and that, yeah, that all makes sense. It touches on some of the things we've been talking about, doesn't it? But also some new, new stuff in there. It would be really interesting for someone to, 
do a bit of research into this, actually, into, mm. into what might... Yeah, I mean, you do want to be part of the crowd and all of that. I, it just still does feel a little bit pathetic to me that people can actually get themselves into quite big trouble and don't forget that this sort of stress can really hurt a relationship. You know, mm. marriages can break up over this kind of thing, and that's really sad. And if it's just for want of being able to say to friends, hey, look, you guys, let's do something a bit different. Um, Mary, Mary, we have a couple of minutes and um, time for a couple of questions on KiwiSaver because it's yes. an important time of year. Um, first of all, someone wrote in to ask, my kids have been in KiwiSaver from the start. One is now working since December. Should he put in the $1,042 for this year? Yes, and that, that I suggest that we look at these two questions because they're both about this business of getting your 1,042 and by the end of June, and so mm. you've only got a few more days now. And in the case of, of the child, well, they're saying that the, my kids have been in KiwiSaver. It depends whether this child is over 18 or not. If they're under 18, they don't get the tax credit. So um, while it doesn't hurt to put more money into KiwiSaver, it doesn't make any difference. You're not right. going to get money from the government. If they've turned 18 during the year, the year which runs from July the 1st, through to June the 30th, then they get the tax credit proportionate to how much of that year they've been 18. You know, so so if they turned 18 at, mm-hmm. at the end of December, they're, they're eligible for a tax credit for half the year. So they want to get in a half of 1,042, and the government will give them half of 521. But um, and don't agonise too much about getting it absolutely right. If you put a bit more in than than yeah. you need to, it doesn't really matter. And the same thing happens for people who've joined KiwiSaver within that last year. Their tax credit will be proportional to how much of that year they've been in. And for people turning 65, you know, for all of those people, it's proportionate to how much of the year they were in. I haven't left you much time at all. Um, we're paying for our child's KiwiSaver while she's overseas. What are the rules around this? In 10 or 20 seconds, if you can, okay. Mary, please. Um, it, First of all, anyone can contribute, so it's fine for you to contribute to your child while they're overseas, but they're not, if they're living overseas as opposed to just on holiday, they're not eligible to get a tax credit, and you should be telling the provider that, otherwise it is actually fraud. Yeah. Okay. Lovely to chat to you. Someone's got in touch from the Gamma Foundation. They have a free website, everydollarcounts.org.nz, about uh, keeping your spending under control. So I'd send people to that as well. Mary, nice to chat to you. Yes, you too, Jessie. See you later. Bye-bye.